0: Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life.
1: Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free.
0: Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to another Mastery Monday. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I have with me my lovely wife, Darcy. Hi. Hey. So, happy Father's Day to everybody out there.
0: Happy Father's Day. Thanks. You're Welcome. You're like the best father ever.
1: This was a really good Father's Day. We went over to Grandpa's house and we swam in the pool and we had some barbecue pork and what else did we do? I got some root beer, which is always my favorite.
0: I made some delicious carrot cake for my dad. Mmm,
1: carrot cake. He loves carrot cake. He likes it with raisins in it, but apparently no one else does. Not anyone on the planet, literally. It's like fruit cake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Nope. Stefan liked it.
1: Oh, Stefan likes it. All right, Uncle Stefan. All right, so this week, what we want to talk about is... Just kind of want to give you a warning. We're going to say the word sex, and so if you have somebody in your you know general vicinity who doesn't need to hear that word, you know, kids, whatever, we're not going to get graphic or anything, but I think we're going to get a little more um, in-depth than we normally do. I try to kind of stay... Very high level in these conversations because I don't want there to be, I don't want this to be like the start of anything. And so I want you to just be aware of that before we start because we're going to talk about intimacy. We're going to talk about some things that are going on in relationships. And so I want to be able to have that conversation, but I want you to be aware that we're going to get a little deeper than we normally do and make it maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Darcy, are you going to be uncomfortable? Never. Never. (laughs) Darcy always wants to talk about the uncomfortable stuff. All right. So we're going to talk about triggers uh, today and how the triggers that we are dealing with in our lives, both men and women, and how that is actually sometimes a a self-perpetuating cycle that, you know, makes your wife feel bad, which makes you feel bad, which makes her feel bad, which, again, creates this self-perpetuating cycle that can kind of diminish, well, can really diminish the progress that you're making when it comes to stopping pornography use and really becoming the, the husband that you want and the partner that you want. And then also on the flip side, a spouse, you know, your wife being the person that she wants to be and showing up as the person that she wants to be in your relationship. We're going to start with a really easy one. We're going to talk about controlling devices and checking up. And this is one that comes up pretty regularly. In fact, we did our webinar on Wednesday last week, and this very question came up. It was like, well, what do you, what do you teach about accountability partners? And my answer to that was, I don't. And that's, that's not to say that you shouldn't be having a conversation with somebody about this. That is to say that the person that you are accountable to is just you. Like There's no other person out there that's really going to make it so that when you want to stop looking at pornography, you're going to be able to do that because they are watching over your shoulder. And I think this, we kind of talked about this on previous episodes, right, Darcy, where, you know, you have at times been in charge of my devices and it's been like, hey, I need you to check in every day. And so I just kind of want to have you talk about that from the spouse's perspective, and then I'll take it back and talk about it again from the pornography user's perspective.
0: All right. I got this. So years ago, when we first started dealing with all his pornography use, um, I put passwords on his phones. I locked down devices. I would check in on them. I, what else did I do?
1: I mean... You were always, you know, you were were always reading my texts. You were constantly like, hey, what are you doing on that website? It was this consistent and constant pattern of you, like, watching what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I might have saw that he was on, say, CNN, you know, news site or whatever, and that might have been enough to trigger me of like, oh, what were you doing? Why were you there? Where did that lead to? How you know? far down the rabbit hole did you get? And, and stuff. And so it brought up a lot of anxiety in me, even if nothing happened, right? I was like freaking out about something that didn't even come to pass just because I saw like this one website that he visited. That is so far from pornography. In a way, it gave me this false sense of control if I could check up on him and and I was keeping tabs on him and if I could kind of be his mommy and then I felt that false sense of control was doing something for me in all reality what it was doing was it was kind of putting me up in this one up position and him in the one down position like he was the child and I was the parent and that is never a way to bring you closer and connect with your spouse.
1: Well, and one of the things that I'm hearing you say as as you go through this is you're like, I was trying to exert control over something I had no control over, which that can't feel good. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think every time that you were in that space where you're like, I need to exert control over you because you don't know how to behave. That didn't help you really feel good about any of the progress I was making. And it didn't help me want to progress. It actually, I think made me want to like, kick back and be like no get out of my space right because I'm a grown man and so that's that's I think the hard part about this is that as a as a spouse especially you're sitting there going no you're not behaving the way that we agreed that you would behave
0: how can I fix you <laughs> right <laughs> you need to be fixed so right. that we can be okay
1: but also you actually have to do that yourself like you can't like I can't come to you and be like hey Dars. And please don't misconstrue what I'm about to say because I'm not talking about, you know, pornography is equivalent to this next thing I'm about to say. What I'm saying is this, is this is a principle of you can't tell other people what to do because it doesn't work that way. I'm not saying these things are equivalent. What I'm saying is this idea of you as an adult telling another adult this is what you have to do, that that isn't going to work. So if I came to you and said, hey, Dars, looks like you're getting fat today. You need to change the way that you eat. Like, can you, if you hear that out of my mouth and you are cringing at it, that's exactly what it's like on the other end of it. That's what it's like when your wife is like, Hey, you're looking at pornography. You need to fix that because it's not really the, the kind of thing where you can, can make someone do something. You have to be accountable to yourself. This has to be something that you choose because you choose it, because that's who you want to be, not because someone says so. Because someone says so never works. Not in the long run. Maybe in the short term, but not in the long run. And you you notice this with your kids, right? Like, hey, you need to clean your room because I say so. They're going to kick and scream all the way along. But the moment they're like, no, I actually like a clean room, it's done. It's easy. It's theirs. And you never have to worry about it again. And I think that that's something that every single couple needs to take and reevaluate.
0: Yeah, and also with kids, you know, they get that internal motivation, whether it's they, they want to go somewhere with their friends or they, you know, just like having a clean room, like one of our daughters is like, I just like having a clean room. And so they're taking the ownership.
1: And they take responsibility for it. And when it's not the way that they want it to be, they're the ones who, who are coming and saying, okay, well, what can I do next to figure out how to make this happen? And this is the exact same reality that a user needs to get to, is they need to get to a place where they're saying, okay, I've learned this, and this is how far I've come, and I was clean for X number of days or X number of months or X number of weeks, whatever it was, and now what do I need to do next? How do I, How do I make that next step so that I can actually succeed a little bit longer and be better at this? And I think that that is a huge difference in that, you know, when it comes to these triggers that, you know, as a husband, I don't want my wife to be upset at me. And I don't think my wife wants me to be upset at her ever. And so you kind of have to take a step back and go, okay, are they doing this on purpose to upset me? Or are they doing this because they don't know how to not do it yet? Because they're not quite ready to make that leap, right? And that's, that's a huge, that is a huge difference. That's not condoning. And I talked about this a little bit on uh, last week's podcast. It's not like Christ was condoning the woman brought in adultery you know, accused of adultery. He was just saying, listen, I get it. You're, you're learning here. Go and sin no more. I love you. Go and sin no more. Let's, let's go past this now, right? So the next thing I want to talk about is seeing other women and being worried that it will lead to pornography. Now, this is something that has been a part of our history, especially when we lived in California. We'd go to the beach on the regular, and there was always the opportunity for Darcy to pay attention to what I was paying attention to. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, I I had a rule. It was no sunglasses. (laughs) You're not allowed to wear sunglasses at the beach. I don't care how sunny it is. No sunglasses. I
1: have to be able to see your eyes. Yes. Ugh. Why?
0: (laughs) Because I had to make sure that they were just looking at the waves and nothing else. And what's really funny is that while Zach's sitting there on the beach looking at the waves with no sunglasses on, I'm sitting there scanning the entire beach looking for every hot woman there with a better body than me or, you know, whatever that I thought. So in all reality, what ended up happening, instead of Zach, you know, noticing that there's other women at this beach, I'm sitting there obsessing and noticing every woman there. And I'm essentially...
1: The one that's fixated on all these women. uh,
0: Yes, and objectifying and... You know, essentially sexualizing and, yeah. other women, right? Like, it's kind of funny because we don't want our husbands to do that. So, in the end, we end up doing that, right? And so, it just, I, it's kind of ironic to me, right? We're like, hey, honeys, don't notice these other women at the beach. But let me sit here and notice every single one of them the entire time. And let me...
1: Objectify w- them
0: and... And let them ruin my day, essentially, right? Because... Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd almost be mad. I'm like, you're not allowed at the beach in a bathing suit, right? Like, give me a yeah. break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just want to walk up to the woman and say, I'm sorry, you're too good looking for the beach today. My husband's here. <laughs>
0: right. And really, it's just, it's so ridiculous when you think about it that way, right? If you're, if you really take a look at what's going on in that situation, you're really perpetuating Exactly what you don't want your husband to be doing. Well,
1: and you're getting upset even though your husband's not necessarily even doing anything, right? You're you're taking what happened maybe in the past where he did use pornography and you're projecting it onto an entire scenario that has nothing to do with that, by the way, and you're making yourself upset for it, which is, I mean, that's horrible. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah and then and then you're sitting there grumpy you're not enjoying your time at the beach you're you're not noticing the waves because you're too busy noticing every other woman that's on the beach
1: and you're really not showing up the way that you want to be you're like you're not showing up as the person that you want to be I think
0: yeah oh for sure it, and it's just so different now because now I'm like oh yep, yeah, she's hot yep my husband might notice her. He might see her. I, I fully expect him to see her and notice her, right? Because you
1: see her and notice her. Because we
0: all do. We're human. Like, we well, have human eyes like and human time. brains, yeah, right? like
1: that time we were at the Froyo place, right?
0: Well, yeah, and I think it's funny because I think the second that our husbands are like, I can't look at this woman, right? It becomes this, like... Then your brain, you're like, if I can't do something, then what do you want to do? It's like, if you tell the kid, no, you can't eat that chocolate, all they can do is think about eating that dang chocolate, right? right? And so it's it's kind of tricky, but.
1: So tell the story about what happened at the Froyo place.
0: Yeah, so this is like, fast forward to present time, and we're sitting at, um, it wasn't Froyo. Where it was, was it? Pyology, which Pyology, was next door to Furio. Right? Oh, my bad. And, um, <laughs> and this woman walks out, and I'm like, holy cow. Like, I've never seen anything like a human look like that. It just looked very unnatural and um, something I've never seen before. And I've seen a lot of people in my life. And so um, <laughs> I look at Zach, and I'm like, Honey. You see that lady over there? Like you know, and it became like it it just is so different than in the past I would have been really you, upset you and I would worried. have been really uncomfortable and I would have been like trying to like control the way he was what side he was sitting on the table so he wouldn't see her and
1: now by the way she only controls which side of the table I sit on so that I can't watch sports.
0: Yeah. Or <laughs> or so that I get the booth. If you know, if it's like a booth and a chair.
1: She wants the booth side because it's yeah. the cushy seat. But, but it's, this, it's a very different place where you go from someone who is constantly trying to manage literally the eyeballs of another human, which, good grief, that's impossible, right, to a place where you're like, oh, of course they're going to see this. If I make a big deal out of it, then it becomes a big deal. It becomes much bigger than it ever has to be. Because, yeah, he might look at that woman and think, wow, she's beautiful. And maybe, let's just say maybe, that might lead to pornography use. But it's probably unlikely. And if I make a big deal of it, it's going to be more of a big deal in his head than it ever would have been had I not said anything, not done anything about it, not been like, hey, you can't look at that woman. She exists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what came to mind there also is... How you like when I would get upset, I can only imagine that it would create more like anxiety and frustration and shame oh, yeah. and guilt for you because you did notice, right? Right Even if you weren't like even if you it know, wasn't
1: necessarily objectifying someone or like spending an inordinate amount of time on it, it's like, oh, I'm in trouble for literally seeing someone. Like physically, literally with my eyeballs, seeing someone that exists in the plane of humanity, right? Like I'm not, I'm not seeking it out. I'm not just going, I'm not going to a seedy alley. I'm literally just hanging out with you and a person exists and I see them and now I'm in trouble for that. Like how hard is that? That's, that's pretty hardcore.
0: Yeah, that's really no way to live. It's like me, if I see a cute baby, I got to look. I mean, at least for a minute and go, oh, that baby is so cute, right? Right.
1: And if I were to get mad at you every time you saw a cute baby, there would be no end of... It would be horrible. It would just be completely inappropriate.
0: On the other hand, I realize that seeing a beautiful woman... And knowing that maybe you've heard a story that your husband told you in the past that like, hey, I was out and I saw this woman and I I was fixated on it and I, whatever, started the process of the rabbit hole. And so in that moment when you're sitting there with your spouse and you see a hot woman in a way that kind of triggers your your trauma response. And so a, a good thing to do is not reflect on like that past story that your husband told you but take a deep mo- or take a moment and take a deep breath and and come to the present and know that just because something happened in the past doesn't mean that it has to happen and that it's physically happening to you in that moment. Yeah. Right now.
1: Yeah. Just because one time you ate cheesecake doesn't mean right now you're eating cheesecake. Sure. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and it, I, think it's, I think your point is, is, is absolutely right. It's like not every single time that something happens, like seeing a woman who's a beautiful woman, right, is going to trigger that response. It's not always that simple. And you just got to be aware that if you're looking to really grow past this and, and put yourself in a position to where this isn't a problem any longer in your life, then you need to recognize each moment for what it is and feel the emotions of that moment separate from other moments that might have driven you to, like, very frustrating and very negative behavior in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to get in a position where you're always nagging your husband every time he goes out because he can't, like, there aren't blinders for men. I mean, I think we could probably, like, manufacture those out of China, but it's just not going to... It's not going to work long run if you want a happy, healthy marriage, right?
0: Yeah. Along those same lines, another area that I think is really important for us to recognize as women is that we cannot ask or demand or expect those around us to change the way they act, dress, look, behave, So that my husband's not triggered and essentially so I'm not triggered, right? (laughs) And really, that's not really fair to expect other people to act in a way that is not the way they act so that your husband's not triggered and you can feel better, right?
1: Right, you're literally trying to control like three layers of people here. You're trying to control your friends, you're trying trying to control your husband, and then you're trying to control yourself. And that has got to be exhausting. I mean, imagine if you <laughs> imagine if you like called all your friends from church and were like, "Hey, so Sally, I really love seeing you at church, but if you're gonna wear that really tight pencil skirt dress that you always wear, um, that's gonna bother my husband. Well, that's gonna actually just turn into pornography use for my husband. So I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do that. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that idea?
0: Yeah, that's pretty scary, right?
1: But that's also, I think, where a lot of people go to, where they're like, hey, I need you to act differently so my husband isn't possibly tempted and I get to feel better. Like, yeah. How, how impossible is that triangle of, of detail?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, you know, we have a friend who has some sister-in-laws that have implants, and so she just simply chooses to not go on the boating activities with her family, right? That's how she chooses to control... um,
1: What her husband sees.
0: And what her, you know, teenage sons see, see, right? Right. And in a way, I mean, you're missing out on that opportunity, right? Opportunity for your husband and your boys to, to learn from that experience, but also... You're at least not expecting other people to behave differently so that you can be there,
1: right? Yeah, I think that at least there, I think she sounds like she's taking responsibility for what she wants in her life. She's not, you know, going to her sister-in-law's and saying, Hey, by the way, I'd rather you wear this bathing suit over that bathing suit when we're on the boat. But at the same time, I think that also kind of removes you from a situation that, eh, I don't know, it could be harmless it could not be harmless but you're definitely missing out on a family opportunity to to you know create bonds and and feel love and joy for these people and and i think that particular example shows that that woman is also objectifying these women and i'm i, I don't mean to pass judgment i'm not like hey you're a bad person cuz you think that these breast implants are creating a problem i'm just kind of trying to point out that you're seeing it that way is is translated down to your sons, it's translated to your husband, and it's not necessary, and of course they get to choose how they behave. I'm not saying that that they're not responsible for their behavior. What I am saying is, if you're objectifying those women and saying they're too sexy for my family, then... You're you're probably not seeing them the way that you want to be seen as well. You're you're saying I don't want to be seen as a as a sexual object, but I'm seeing them as a sexual object.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and in a way, I feel like for maybe for you, Zach, if I was like, no, I don't trust you to be in a situation with an, a beautiful woman, right? Like, I feel like that would create.
1: I think that would create a lot of problems.
0: Well, yeah. Well, and I I feel like, what kind of confidence am I having in my husband if I truly do not believe that he can be around another beautiful woman, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, let's be honest. I'm not in their league. (laughs) (laughs) I tricked you, and you're gorgeous, but I'm not in their league. Like, I remember, so uh, when I worked at, uh, at a large corporation, there were a couple of secretaries, and you were like, oh my gosh, these girls... These ladies, they are X, Y, Z. And that was right in the middle of it all. And, you know, it It was, but, you know, I had to go to work. It wasn't like I couldn't go to work because they existed. Yeah. And so I think the reality here is, is that we have to be willing to trust. And trust is a choice. It's not some, like, special magic that, like, all of a sudden you put your trust into me and I feel it. It's just a choice and you can choose to trust and you can choose to um, decide that, you know, he's going to do the very best that he can and believe in that. And, you know, sometimes he's gonna make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Yeah. For sure. So along those lines, and one of the things that I think is really, really important is how you manage the intimacy of your relationship. And so I want to kind of talk about what about giving sex so he doesn't act out? Because I think this is something that every single couple kind of deals with in in one way or another when they're dealing with pornography and they're trying to figure it out. They're, you know, And maybe not every single couple, but this is pretty regular. So what's your thoughts on that? Where, where do you see that going?
0: So this is an area that's pretty private and personal and to talk about, but I'm going to do it anyways because I feel like it is helpful to those who are listening. When everything was in its peak with... um, When
1: the poop hit the fan.
0: Yes. (laughs) I found myself oftentimes feeling like, okay, I, I better just, you know, be intimate with Zach because if not, he might look at pornography. Over the years of doing that, I found that one, I began resenting intimacy, right? Like it became something that was no longer connecting us and bringing us closer together as a couple. It was kind of, it was drawing a wedge that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the years went on. Um, And so I had to get to a place where I was willing and ready to own my own sexuality and not try and control Zach's pornography use. With with, sex. Yes, with my body, essentially. Right.
1: So I think the difference here is that there's sex and there's intimacy. And what was happening is you were like, no, I have to give him sex so that he won't act out. And what that was doing was, it was obliterating intimacy. It was really driving, like you said, a wedge between us. And it wasn't bringing us closer together and i think that that's on both sides of the fence right because on the one hand you're like hey i'm gonna give him this and he's gonna he's gonna be a good boy right he's going to act the way that he needs to act so that i can feel good and on the other hand i'm like yeah of course i want sex because that's awesome but in the end i end up feeling not used but maybe used as kind of the the way that you would see it because you know, you're not really being intimate with me. You're not really giving me you. You're giving me sex. And that's not... I mean, I, there there came a point, and it wasn't super long ago. It was probably in the last five years where I would end up turning sex down. Not because I didn't want to make out because, you know, I, I, I enjoy having sex. Let's be honest. But it was that... I I knew you were sometimes offering it. I knew that there were often moments where you would offer it as a way to to get me to not, you know, need it later. And really that 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 didn't feel good. They they came to a point where I was like, that's just not that's not how I want to have our relationship be. And so I was like, no, I'll wait until you're ready to have sex because that became a moment of intimacy that I would rather have more than I want to just have sex. And I think that was a a pretty significant turning point, broadly speaking, in terms of our relationship where sex was no longer a tool that you used to try and control me. And it wasn't something that I was just like, why don't you give me more?
0: Well, yeah, and even that you, in a way, thought that, I'm sure you probably thought, well, this will
1: help me. Yeah, I think there were definitely times when I was like, yeah, you know, if, if, I, if you give me sex now, that'll help so my sex drive is lower later. And that's not really a, <laughs> broadly speaking, that's not a sound principle.
0: Well, yeah, because we know that pornography is not about the sex.
1: No, it's not. It's, it's about trying to feel good in a moment and having something that's really simple and easy to get to. And that, that's something that's simple and easy was pornography for me. But for other people, it's food. And for other people, it's like spending money. And for video other people, games. it's video games, right? And so, it, again, it's not about sex. It's not about any of that. And when we took and we, and we kind of stopped doing that, like, hey, I'll give you some business right now if you'll be a good boy. And we took that off the table our intimacy increased. Our, our capacity and our desire to like really connect intimately became much more significant, I think.
0: Yeah, and for me, it was really powerful to finally feel like I owned my own sexuality and that I wasn't just a tool in this game of how can I make it so my husband doesn't view pornography.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's that place of like control versus partnership. And what's really interesting, when you try to control someone, I think you end up feeling controlled, right? Like, you're trying to control me with sex, and yet you feel controlled by that same motivation of, like, I'm trying to control him so that he doesn't use pornography, and his pornography use is controlling me because I'm giving up sex whenever just because, even though I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And how uncomfortable and just really... That's not, that That really wasn't who we wanted to be and that really wasn't how we wanted to live our lives, right? So th- this was, a, this I think for me was one of those moments and this, you know, broad scheme of, you know, getting better and getting to be the person that I wanted to be a little bit more and becoming, you know, better master of myself and better master of who I was becoming was this place of, I don't have to have sex right now I can feel uncomfortable I can feel as though I would like to have sex but I'm not going to I can feel all of those feelings I can deal with all of that without you know putting anything on you and I think I you know you speak for you but I think I did a pretty good job of trying to not be like hey you owe me
0: Oh yeah, for sure. No, he was. Like I mean, never. He was, he was never. It was. It was all me, right? Like he was never like forcing himself on me or anything like that. But it was, it was, it was me trying to control it.
1: Yeah, it was not like, hey, it's my birthday. Give me the business. That was never the way that I ever tried to approach it. But you were like, no, if I don't do this, then, like it. Uh, and I'll be honest, there, there was not a, a an intimacy match there for a long time, like a sex drive match there for a long time, where it was like, I was like, hey, sometimes like every night, I'm like, hey, I would like to have sex. And you were like, no, sometimes. And sometimes you were like, okay, fine, just because, you you know, it had been three days or whatever.
0: Yeah, it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to. It Which was just like, okay. And not that they're... And, and to... to to get into all this it's not saying that there can't be compromise right that's not you know there is compromise there is give and take but but if you're coming at that compromise from a place of love is very different than if it's coming from obligation and resentment
1: yeah absolutely. and control
0: I guess is what I'm yeah. saying and and we did we had this conversation where I went to Zach and I was like hey I've been doing this I've been you know, having sex with you when I didn't want to just because I didn't want you to have other issues. And so I'm not going to do that anymore because now I, I feel angry towards you. Right. It it became that it it was no longer like this loving act. It was, it was just, I was angry about it, you know?
1: Yeah. It was full of resentment and that's not what I wanted. Right. Like The reality of our relationship was always that I think we both wanted to be intimate and I I think we both wanted to love each other. But at at varying times, we've been in a position to where you have been doing things you didn't want to do because you felt obligated through no fault of anyone's, right? Like that was just your choice to feel obligated and to be obligated about it. And I wasn't like, hey, you need to give this to me. And I also was like, yeah, I guess I'll take it because you're giving it and yet neither of us was really getting what we wanted you weren't really getting any control and i wasn't really getting the intimacy that i wanted like the real true intimacy not just sex but just that 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 thing that happens when two people come together and they really truly are giving themselves to each other in in a in an appropriate and and totally loving way and i think that that's a big deal and that was lost for probably a couple of years in our marriage. And that was frustrating, I think, on both ends.
0: Yeah, for sure. I say for sure a lot, sorry. Yeah, you do.
1: That's cool. (laughs) I can edit that out in post, but I'm not going to edit this out so that everybody... (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But this, I think this is a great conversation to have. And I think if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to it with your spouse, this is a really good moment to just kind of bring this in and be like, okay, you know, what are things that I'm doing that I don't want to do that I'm going to choose to stop doing not with and, and doing that from a place of love, right? Choosing to bring love into that conversation to say, you know what, honey, this is something that I don't want to do anymore. And I appreciate that it's important to you and that's okay. I'm willing to let that, let that drop. And I'm going to not do this anymore because it's, it's for me that I'm not doing it. It's not about you. It's about me. And I love you no matter what. That's a really, I think, going to be a powerful conversation for you guys to have when you sit down with your spouse and you really, truly want to bring, I think, a next level of intimacy into your relationship and become become better at who you want to be. You know, show up how you want to show up, like with a big yawn, like, Dar- <laughs> like Darcy's doing right now. All right.
0: I'm tired. <laughs> it's it's
1: uh it's time for us to go to bed. Uh, this is, we always record at night because the kids are all asleep, so we can control the environment a little bit better. Uh, because obviously we have eight children, so there's no there's it's not always there's no controlling quiet here. eight uh, eight children. It's not always quiet here. That's for sure. Awesome. This has been a really awesome Mastery Monday. And thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. I, yes,
0: this one was totally off the cuff. We did not write notes or anything. Well, we wrote so.
1: notes. Like, the, we, we knew what we wanted to talk about. But oftentimes, Darcy and I, we sit in the car and we have these conversations. And we're like, we should totally do this on the podcast. And here it is. This is what it sounds yes. like. Yes. With that said, if you are looking to get coached, if you want to succeed at overcoming pornography, I have group coaching available. You have almost certainly, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, you can go on my website. But if you have, you have gotten in the last month, you've gotten an email with a link that you can sign up for group coaching. If that's something that would be interesting to you, if you think that you could benefit from a little bit of group coaching, it is less than half of what my individual coaching costs. And we're starting a group that starts on July 1st. So July 1st, in the evenings, uh, so every Wednesday for 12 weeks, we're going to go together. And the thing that you're going to see here is when you get coached with someone and other people are seeing you get coached, that may not be as comfortable as you might want it to be. But when you see someone else get coached, you're going to find some real aha moments that you wouldn't necessarily have been able to see when it was just you. And this is one of the reasons why I love group coaching, why seeing someone get coached creates, uh, I think, a much better learning environment, broadly speaking, to where you can become the person that you want to be and you can leave this habit behind for good for the rest of your life. And I would love to have you in group coaching, uh, again, starting on July 1st. So if you haven't signed up for, you know, even just a a 30-minute consult, go to my website, Click on the work with me button and we'll get you in for this group coaching session. We're only taking a few more spots. We've got a a couple of spots left. Please go register now so that you can get in for this month. I don't know if I'll be doing it in August, so this is your chance.
0: Yes, and it's so awesome. Our goal here was to take... Um, the concept of, say, like a twelve step group where it creates a community for you. It, it helps you to realize that you're not alone in your struggle and that there are other people that you know, are rallying around you. But it gives you tools and strategies and actual assignments. To- it gives you all
1: the the tools that we work with in coaching, but with a and which are much more effective and much more designed to help you both learn and execute on what you're learning on but it also gives you that that group element where you're like oh I can see that other people are also dealing with this Yeah. which is super important for just kind of like taking a step back from the shame and saying you know what this isn't something that I need to be ashamed of this is something I need to choose to look at from a from a, a perspective of how am I going to how am I going to resolve this how am I going to fix myself and how am I going to get to the place where I really want to be all right Thank you guys for listening. We love doing this podcast.
0: Yes. And also, if there are wives out there that would like to have a women's group, um, a women's coaching group, email us and let us know. And maybe that's something that we will have in we'll the future.
1: Together, Yeah, for sure. Info at Zach dot com. Or you can just go on to my website, Zach dot com. And I think there's like a. A chat button there somewhere and I get an email because of it. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Bye. Have a awesome week.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the self mastery podcast. Every day I get requests from people who are looking to change something in their life. If that is you, if you need help overcoming your addictive behavior, like pornography use, sign up for a free mini session at zacksbafford.com slash work with me. That's zacksbafford.com slash work with me. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to follow. Also, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave a review for us wherever you get your podcast. It'll go a long way to helping others find us. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography.